I'm William. And I'm Katie. And we're going to be talking about Faith Hedgepath's case. Alright, so let's get to know Faith and who she was surrounded by. Faith lived on the UNC campus in an apartment with her roommate named Karina Rosario, who had recently broken up with her boyfriend, Eric Jones. Karina and Eric had broken up recently because of domestic violence disputes, and Faith was a big part of breaking them up. On record, Jones had attempted twice to break into their apartment, even after Rosario changed the locks. Faith eventually drove Rosario to get a protective court order that required Jones to stay away from the apartment. Jones reportedly resented Faith's influence over his former girlfriend and threatened her during a phone call if he could not get back together with Rosario. The police and local investigators managed to piece together a timeline of what they believe happened during Faith's Hedgepath's last moments. The night before the murder, Faith and her roommate spent some time at the Davis Library on the UNC campus. At 1 a.m., Faith and her roommate went to the Thrill nightclub. At 2.38 a.m., the two returned to Hawthorne at the View off-campus apartment. At 4.27 a.m., the police believe that the roommate left again. At 11 a.m., they believe that Rosario returned to the apartment where she found Faith laying on her bed face up with blood everywhere. In September 2014, Faith's autopsy report was released to the public saying that her cause of death was blunt force trauma due to the many blows from the Bacardi peach rum bottle that was found. The report also showed a significant number of cuts and bruises on her arms and legs. There was also blood underneath her fingernails. There was a pool of blood underneath her head and blood was found splattered on the wall and closet door.
The suspected murder weapon had flesh and DNA on and inside the neck of the bottle. Police reported that they found semen on Hedgepath's body and believed that she was raped. Now, police also found a white fast food bag with a handwritten note saying, I'm not stupid, bitch. Jealous? Unlike everything else found in the room that was covered in blood, the bag had no blood on it. Police suspected that the message was written before or after she was killed, and the bag was placed on the bed after she was dead. Later on in the investigation, a friend would turn over a bizarre voicemail left by Faith that appeared to be an accidental dial from the night of the murder. The message was hard to understand, but some people who analyzed it said they believed that it was captured the moments of the assault. Unlike the experts who analyzed the voicemail, the Chapel Hill police said that they do not believe that the voicemail was from the time of the assault. This KWF episode is sponsored by Gucci. Get a sponge bag with a complimentary kimono and murder weapon. Whoa, where can you get this, Katie? Gucci.com slash backslash KWF. <laughs> okay, diving right into the suspects. We have Eric Takoy Jones. That is Karina's ex-boyfriend and then we also have Karina Rosario who was the roommate and then possibly Brandon Edwards who was also an ex of Karina's. So starting with Eric, he is very abusive to her, to Faith's roommate and Faith convinced Karina to get an order of protection from Jones. After receiving that, Eric was very furious and threatened Faith that he would kill her according to one of Hedgebeth's friends. So before her death on September 6, 2012, he posted and sent a message to a friend stating, asking them to forgive him for what he was about to do. Three days after Faith's death, he changed his Facebook photo with the saying of, Dear Lord, forgive me for all of my sins and the sins I may commit today. Protect me from the girls who don't deserve me and the ones who wish me dead today. 
So with all that evidence, it seems like he would have an out for her. Now, starting with Karina, her roommate. So the reason why they left the club was because Karina was feeling very ill. So they go to the apartment and around 4.25 a.m. picked up by a friend because she's still feeling ill. See, this is where my opinion comes in of why would she want to leave the apartment if she's feeling ill? And she left Faith home alone at their apartment with the door unlocked. And previously there were break-ins, so why would she keep the door unlocked? Hours later, she turns to the apartment with a friend, Marisol Rangel, finding Faith bludgeoned to death. The 911 call she makes seems off. Kept letting the operator know that someone has come in there repeatedly, not even stating who Faith was and not giving more information of, and why would she still stay there as well if she knew someone came in there? With the DNA evidence found, Stephen Armentrout, he used a technique known as phenotyping. It's a technology know-how of predicting bodily looks via DNA. So what they did is they took a snapshot, treating the DNA like a blueprint, blueprint, the genetic blueprint that it lets in us to expect what a person appears like due to the fact in that genetic code is the statistics for a way to construct that person. That is what he said to ABC News 2020. Looking at this picture, it says they don't know this. The sex is is male. The age is unknown. The body mass is unknown. But the ancestry is Latino. So we know that. Faith's family believes that Faith knew her killer. And with the voicemail that was left, you can hear the altercation between two males and another female, including Faith Faith Hedgepath. Personally, I believe Karina was the one that orchestrated the whole entire murder and had either one of her exes be involved and do her the dirty work for her. Um, her family member says that Rosario could have been jealous of Faith because she was prettier, popular, and all of the above. <laughs> <laughs>